Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all the trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. And all recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And this week, one of the better things that they are offering is a balsamic fig chicken. Uh, Seems like it would taste really good. Go to the link in our show notes to get... $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh and the number one meal kit. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today, I have two special guests with me. And this is amazing to get two guests because a lot of times you get one and then you get the other and then it's two episodes. But we're going to do a two for one deal today. I have with me John and Karen Yates. Now, they have a business that I will definitely let them explain. And the most famous question that we always ask at the very beginning of the show is who is Karen Yates? Who is John Yates? But instead of doing that, I'm going to ask them, who are you too? So please explain yourselves. Well, hey, JR, I appreciate you having us on here. Uh, excited to be here. This is so much fun being with you. So Thank you. Who, who are we is um, we are two normal people and we were living in the middle of Kansas well, not quite the middle, but living <laughs> in Kansas. <laughs> and um, nobody lives in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and so we were literally just having, um, you know, a normal American life, had the cars and the house and the jobs and the kids and commuting back and forth and going to the grocery store. And then uh, what happened was we were <clears throat> at a struggling spot in our marriage and finances were not that good and so we were trying to figure out what the heck happened we've been married for 20 years and why were we struggling so much with our marriage and why were we struggling so much with our money and what what came of that was just this um heart to heart conversation like we're going to fix this or you know like half of half america ends up is divorced and so we started talking and ended up fixing it and so through all that communication uh, we just learned a whole new level of communication. And so we we figured out that over the last, over our you know time together as as married couple, we were trying to um, make something go to the next level. And through the heart-to-heart conversation, I feel like I'm mumbling here, but let me get to it, get to the point here. You're fine. The, <laughs> the heart-to-hearts, what came out of that was we both really wanted the same exact thing. We wanted close family. We wanted time with each other, time with our kids, and just really a, a bonded family, a close, you know, loving family. And so we were going about it two different ways. And that's where the conflict and that's where the, the struggles come from. And that's really. But what happened really yeah. was that we had this crazy idea of, you know what? we can't have this time together when we're working jobs and we see each other a couple hours each day and we see our kids even fewer hours each day. We can't have this close um, relationship that we really want to. And so this crazy idea pops up that like, what if we just ditch it all? What if we just leave? And (laughs) how do we do that? What do we do? And so we had this, this really crazy idea that we have both wanted to travel, but we'd always thought that this would have to be in retirement. So we'll have to work all these years. And then when we finally hit retirement, then we'll be able to travel. And the more we talked about it, the more we realized that, okay, well, for that to happen, you have to have a couple of things, right? You have to have one, the the finances, you know, so everything goes well in your, in your work career and you've got this pile of money. So you can actually do the travel that you want to do. And two, you have to be in good health, right? And so we were obviously in good health at the time and still are, thankfully, but you know, not everybody is by the time they hit retirement. And when we talk about it now, and now you have to worry about a third thing that there's not a global pandemic going on so that you can't travel. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, So we had this crazy idea and we didn't have the finances, um, but we did have our health. And so we're like, well, 
we really want to do this. Let's figure, it out. let's figure this out. We we could have said, you know what, we can't do this because we don't have the money. But we said, no, this is something we really, really want to do. The more we talked about it, the more it was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is what we want to do. This is what we have to do. And so we just started talking more and more and more and realized that um, this is really what we had to do. And so a couple of months after this crazy idea, we committed to doing it. And we set a timeline, a very aggressive timeline for eight months out. And <laughs> that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, with zero, with zero money, literally. Whoa. And so in that, in that eight months, um, we ended up being very aggressive. You know, we've got a, I've got a financial background. And so all these things accumulated. She's got a, you know, she's a genius and works as a chemist. And so we have all of these financial background. And that was one of the questions. Well, how come we haven't figured this out? You know, we've done real estate investing. We've done the 401ks. We've done all of these different avenues. Uh, I was traded on Wall Street for a little while, for five years. And how come this money thing hasn't? culminated into what should have been millions, you know, and it didn't. And so once we got on the same page through all of that heart to heart, um, our finances really took off. And within that seven month time frame, we saved up, accumulated one year's worth of our expenses. Whoa. And we were like, so we were like, okay, we got it now. Let's let's go. And so that's when we decided to um, get on a plane, one-way ticket, and go travel the world with our kids. <laughs> that's how it all. <laughs> that's how it all happened. Like, why not? Let's go. <laughs> and, 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 and one thing I like though, and you, you stated here, you guys had a relationship that was going on, um, a certain level of intimacy, and it's something I always talk about in everything that we talk about intimacy. And it's not sexual. We're talking about just the, you know, we go through life when we go through the motions. You guys had to build a deeper level of intimacy with each other you had to go beyond just being the friend i say hi and bye to every day um you had to get thicker into each other you know about like taking uh, oatmeal you, you had to take some of the water out so it would get thick so you could relearn each other basically correct absolutely and then from there you guys aggressively eight months just go and i, I like to to re reword everything uh real quick you go through eight months you get all this money together to travel the world. Where is the first place that you all started out at? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a, a perfect question. Um, during that time frame, John had found actually a family conference for families that travel the world. Whoa! And so, yeah, and yeah. we were like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect place to start. And that's actually what set our timeline because that conference was being held in Bali. And Whoa. we were like, well, if we're gonna start, let's start with a bang here. And so we boarded that first plane and, and landed in Bali. So what happened was, you know, with our, with our finances at zero, I was searching for a job at, the point, at that point and said, well, if we wanna do this, we're gonna have to figure out how to make money online. And so I went and found you know, started looking online, got into a mentorship from one of the guys making money online. He was selling his one-on-one uh, -on -one course, basically. And mm -hmm. so I ended up getting uh, accepted into that. It was 10 people and went to Thailand. This is at the very beginning of our decision-making. <clears throat> and so you ask, you know, everybody asks, well, how did you get to Thailand if you don't have any money? And that was kind of my question too. Like, once I got accepted, I was like, well, at the, at the end of the acceptance, he said, well, it's in Thailand. Can you be here in three weeks? And I was like, there's no way. Thailand is out of the question. It's going to cost thousands of dollars. And right. we have, you know, essentially nothing. <laughs> it's halfway around the world. And so, <laughs> so I'm like, well, it would have been easy to give up at that point, right? Just throw in the towel. Oh, can't do that. Right. But we went looking and looked online and we're like, wow, John was able to find a round trip ticket from LA to Thailand and back for like $300. That's it? $300. So and you're like, yeah. And you're Somebody like... was looking down and saying, okay, it's your time to go because it literally cost, you know, total round trip from Kansas 
to Thailand and back was about six hundred dollars. Ooh, so you and drove to like, LA, oh right? Yeah, took a flight to LA and then took off from LA. Well, so at least Karen was that nice to do that. She off. could have sent you by Greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hop on the yeah. train. <laughs> yeah. So when I was in Thailand, I was learning how to make money online. And then also just seeing everybody in that area that we were at, all of these people making money online, they were, you know, digital nomad world. And so I learned that this is actually happening out here. And so during that time, I was like, well, there's not too many families. Do families actually do this? And so I went searching and lo and behold, that conference came up and we went to that conference with, I think, what, 200, 100, 100 200 families. Uh, and they had been ranging from brand new to had been traveling for over 20 years, had their kids Whoa. out in different. Yeah. So it wasn't a bunch of newbies. These were um, veterans of who had been doing this for years and had all the yeah, pre, knowledge doing it pre-internet pre-smartphones right. uh, oh, all wow. that i look up to them because i'm like man how do you get around how do you you know no google translate <laughs> <laughs> so so y'all go y'all go over uh you go over to tali and you get this knowledge and then it becomes wisdom and it empowers you to travel so the the night before you're leaving the u.s what's your thought because you have children so what's your thought like the night before you all left. And the reason I ask this is because this is very impactful when it goes into the other things that we would go into later. But that last night in the US, what was that like? Uh, it was scary, to be honest. Was, are we ready? Are we doing the right thing? You still have all those questions. You're, you know, you're never ready. Um, and that was kind of our thing. Like, we just are doing this together and we're moving forward. And, you know, like you talked about that oatmeal, it gets thick and you got to, <laughs> you got to just live with it and be okay with that um, and know that you're in it together. And so that's really where we were at. It was, it was very exciting, but it was very scary at the time for us as adults. You know. Okay. Now you get over to Bali. Um, you're in this conference and how long does this conference last again? I think it was three or four or five days. All right, yeah. so after this like is four done, or five days. where do you go next? <laughs> we stayed in Bali for a little while. Uh, got to explore a little bit, had, a, had our first uh, experience with a hospital outside of the U.S., uh, oh. which was in interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a little bit of a motorbike accident um, that left our son with a broken leg. Uh, but you know, it's one of those that will go down in history as like this family story. So everybody has them, right? So this is going to be ours. Remember when we just started traveling and mom crashed the scooter into that car and I ended up with a broken leg? Yeah, that's our story. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like something right out of a movie. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a nightmare movie <laughs> at the time, but we got through it. We're stronger for it. Okay. So we spent a few... Go ahead. You spent a few yeah. weeks. So, yeah, we spent a few more weeks in Bali and then we went to Thailand because while John had been there the year before, he had experienced this incredible festival. And I'll let him tell it because. Yeah, it's called the, in Thailand, they have the, it's called the Loi Kratong and it's where the lanterns float up. And so, okay. you've seen the movie Tangled or yes, any yes. pictures yeah. where all the, you know, all the lanterns are floating up. Well, that happened in Thailand. And while he was there. While I was there. And so it's this lunar new year type of thing. Um, and it's just, it's mind blowing. It's just absolutely incredible, life changing. And when I was there, you know, by myself and having them on the phone, luckily showing them, but I was like, in my mind, I'm like, you know, someday when I retire, I'm going to bring my family back here. Cause this is one experience that just cannot be missed. And okay. lo and behold, a year later, <laughs> without ever knowing that this was going to happen, here we are. And we went to Thailand to, and make sure we saw that festival again. So okay. it's just incredible. Now, yeah. you go it through was this. everything and more. Everything and more? Okay. Now, you go through everything um, and more. Everything and more. Okay. So after this, <laughs> y'all have a family moment. 
But now it's time to get serious because you got to figure out how you're going to continuously finance. You, you said you have the money for a year, but you have outward expenses, probably had a little issue with the insurance over there because you probably had to pay straight out of pocket, more than likely, correct? Right. For the yeah, broken but leg. it's incredibly, incredibly cheap. Oh, it is? Um, compared oh, wow. to the States. Oh, no Absolutely. Yeah. We need some more eye opening. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need some reform, but we'll save that for another podcast. Um, so, <laughs> so you guys eventually decide on somewhere to settle over there? No. So still- we had planned before we ever left. Yeah. Before we ever left the States, we said, okay, we're going to go to Bali and then we're going to go to Thailand. And after that, we left it completely open. We said, when we get there, We'll decide where we're going next. So we had two months in Thailand and we were looking around and saying, where do we want to go? Who, you know, we wanted to stay kind of in the same area. We weren't ready for another, you know, cross the ocean flight and we don't like to be cold. So that kind of kept us looking in the Southeast Asia area. (laughs) And we had probably 90% settled on going to Kuala Lumpur a large city we said okay it's warm it's fairly close to the ocean we can get to the ocean and and we were probably 90 percent settled on that and we kept seeing all these things for vietnam like friends that we had met at our conference are posting on facebook all these pictures from vietnam (laughs) and we're seeing advertisements for vietnam and we're like we vietnam was not on either one of our lists to travel to we figured you know the vietnam war they must hate americans you know, like we never anticipated going to Vietnam. I never wanted to, I never wanted to go yeah. to Vietnam because <laughs> of that thing, you know. And my dad had actually been in the war there and never talked about it. So I'm like, I don't want to go to Vietnam. But we're like, okay, like let's just be real about this. And so we started asking random people that we met, other travelers. We're like, should we go to Kuala Lumpur or should we go to Vietnam? And we must have asked a dozen people. And every single person said Vietnam. Not a single person said Kuala Lumpur. They said, oh, it's nice there, but Vietnam is amazing. So we said, hmm, someone's trying to tell us something. <laughs> Let's go to Vietnam. <laughs> so we bought our tickets and we went to Vietnam. And we went there on a three-month visa, tourist visa. And we happened to land there at the end of December of 2019. And March of 2020 rolls around and COVID hits and we're at the end of our three months and we're like, what do we do? Do we try and leave quickly or do we try and extend our visa? So we had some very quick heart to heart discussions (laughs) and said, okay, we're gonna try to stay in Vietnam. And so we ended up being in Vietnam for 18 months and just recently left. Yeah. But at least you so had somewhere spent, to stay. Right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And it was wonderful. The whole time we were there, Vietnam had just an amazing handle, actually, on the COVID-19. And there was very little incidence of it until right before we left. And unfortunately, they got hold of one of the new variants, and they've had just a real struggle to try to contain it. But before that, I mean, the government, like, they talk lockdown. They mean lockdown. They're serious about it. <laughs> yeah, it's much different than the states, you know. So it was I like you could, could you go, family in the states. Well, let me ask you this: Could you go get necessities and things like you needed, or did you have set times that you could go do these things? So the grocery store was fairly open, but if you wanted to go to the market, where I mean, the Vietnamese—that's how they exist—is they go to the market, which is all their produce. Um, fruits and vegetables, as well as they have meats and fish and everything else at their markets. And they had tickets for those. And as a family, I think you got two tickets for the week. And most Vietnamese people are used to going to the market every single day. So they go and they get the food for that day. And they were passing out tickets. And so it was one family member who could go twice a week to the market. But it kept... Yeah, they're serious. They kept people right. saying, yes. and it, it could have been like that. They could have done that to some of our stores, namely Walmart. Um, now, so you're over there. You guys have a lot of time to think because th- that's how like a ton of these people got into podcasting and doing all these different things, writing books. You guys came up with an idea, correct? Yeah. Yes. And 
and this idea you brainstormed, you thought about it. Um, from what I gather, Karen is the brains, you're the muscle john of the operation, from what you said earlier. <laughs> he puts himself down all the time. But, he is... but I'll, I'll, I'll say this though about you I could see it being an equal partnership between you two. So, can you tell us about this idea that turned into a business? Sure. I think, you know, a big part of it is once you're out and about and you get to, you know, do your 2020 hindsight, you look back and go, what happened? You know, and so that's kind of what we did with our own journey from that struggle time frame to being on the same page and going traveling the world with our kids. We looked back on that journey and said, how did this happen? How did that really happen? You know, we, we were have done so many things along the way that should have worked out and they didn't. And now we just did this in the, in the past year and this worked out. So how did this come to be? And so we just really kind of um, looked closely at the steps that we took, the, the steps of communication, the different types of communication, the real, um, you know, I'll use your analogy, the oatmeal kind of intimate, gritty, <laughs> conversations that you have to have to make that to make those changes um and and it's not like we did a last minute kind of decision you know we're professional married kids you can't just wing it and go oh let's go travel the world it doesn't work like that you know oh, no. so it took it took a lot um to make it all that happen and so we just started going back to those times and going, how did this actually happen? What took place in our minds, in our conversations? And we kind of just laid it out. And so during that is what became our financial alignment course. Right. So really realizing that, you know, it was the communication between the two of us. It was our goal. You know, we had a very aggressive goal and we went after it with everything. And we realized that because of the communication and because of the goals that the finances actually really fell into place and we looked at it and we said you know what what we did was incredible for sure but we aren't the only couple or the only family that can actually do this you know we figured it out but we have this gift now that we can share with others and say you know what you have the ability to do this not just travel the world but like really go after those dreams those goals whatever they are and we said, man, we have this passion to share this, to inspire people to go after their dreams, to not wait for that retirement and hope that, you know, the finances are there and the health is there and everything else lines up. And so that was really where this was born out of a passion to share our own experience and to inspire others. And then from there, inspire my money comes about. <laughs> that's right. Got it. Okay. So that, that, that's really interesting. And, and that's a great story to go on because like, you know, people, one thing that we do in society is we, we always want to be real strong about our success, but we never want to talk about the failure that made us a success. You know, <laughs> you, you know, exactly. you always hear, you always hear the little adage about Michael Jordan. And then later on in life, we found out that Michael Jordan just didn't make the, didn't make the varsity team. He made junior varsity, but we always heard the story that he did make the varsity team. And next thing you know, he's winning all these NBA championships but you guys had some kind of pitfall happen in your finances prior that built you up to what you are now, even though you were successful, it was a, it's a thing that we don't talk about in the, the harshness of, we all were taught to go after that house, get that amazing credit. You know, um, I'll tell you a little story about me real fast. I was taught when you were young, um, when you hit 18, you put money in a CD. Okay. Your CD matures over time. You take that money back out and there's certain type of personal loans you can get. So with the bank, you go get a personal loan, not one that's too heavy. Don't get one for a car at the beginning, unless you have the commitment with a good job. If you don't get one that you can afford. So you do that, you go uh, finish paying off that loan. Then over some time, you do some more transactions, more CDs, this and that, but usually like a five-year plan. Well, in the sixth year, usually a bank at that time I was dealing with Yacht Wachovia or somebody like that, someone in Virginia, um, they come back and they issue you a line of credit with a bank, not a credit card, but an actual line of credit. And that's what we were taught to do. Didn't you do that? And usually by that time, there's either um, you've gone through college by that time, or you're going through the courtship or however you do things in life and you get a partner. You 
both either if you don't get married, you figure out some way to get the finances straight in one person's name, you go get a house. Um, usually it's the person that, that gets the house in their name. They're probably the one with the better job. Or if they don't have the better job, they're the one that has the sensible credit because it sometimes doesn't always equal out. So we go out here, we do this, you get the house, you start paying on it. Life happens. You're 20 years down the road on that 35, 35 year, 36 year mortgage. Um, or if you structured it right, 24. Um, so you get the 24 year mortgage and you're in year 22 and you guys were in year whatever. And this story may not have been all of that, but to a degree, that's how it usually happens for all of us. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And when you get In to the, one way or another. Yeah. yeah. And when you get to the edge of that loan on your house or whatever you're doing, you can get to a point and you look and you've paid all this homeowner's insurance. You've paid this and that. Um, you probably, we all were naive and didn't pay all on the principal. We were paying the interest most of the time <laughs> when we should have been paying more on the, uh, on the principal of it. And like you said, you get stuck. So when y'all got stuck, what did you, what made you guys get stuck? What would put you on the position to get stuck? Oh, well, that's quite the story. Oh. <laughs> it's a 20 year long story. So uh, I'll just start from my standpoint. I graduated with a degree in chemistry, got my first job in the pharmaceutical industry and said, man, I'm going to work here for the next 40 years, right? I'm going to retire from this location. Well, what I thought of as a very stable job turned out to be anything but. So over the course of 20 years, I lost my job three times, um, narrowly avoided a fourth loss. And it was all because of site closures or cutting of research. And so it was no fault of my own. I wasn't a terrible employee. I was actually really good at my job, but the industry as a whole, um, was just in a lot of transition. And so I lost my job, like I said, three times. And every time I lost my job, we moved and we moved out of state. And every single time our primary residence, we lost money on it because of various <laughs> situations. You know, when, when the second largest employer in a relatively small town shuts down, there is just a massive explosion of houses on the market <laughs> and you can't get anything for your house. Right. And so we were, I mean, that was our very first home. And so we lost money every single time. And then, you know, so we moved and a lot of things, a lot of things like that, you know, where, where most people think, oh, you buy a house and then you, you pay on it for however many years, you know, even five or 10 years and you have to move or sell it, you're going to make money. Well, that didn't happen for us. And so we're trying to figure out if, how to make that happen. Uh, with the money and it wasn't you know our houses the biggest thing you're trying to build on was not putting us ahead not getting us forward and so you know another piece was we were we knew a lot about real estate we had taken courses we were never a real estate agent but looking at real estate investing and I was the entrepreneur and went that route and had 43 properties Whoa. Um, in, in line well that was 2008 Ooh. and so all of those went away gone we made zero money and so all of these things that we were trying to do that you know america says go after it make it happen get bigger we were doing and so we we would buy a house and then we'd have to move and we'd lose money on the house okay well let's do our own properties okay well let's go get some properties well, we did that <laughs> and 2008 came along and wiped it out. Um, you know, I was a stock trader on Wall Street for five years and everybody thinks and imagines you're making millions. Well, it doesn't happen like that. It's a, it's a very incremental, you get good at it and you get bigger and you get better. And it becomes, you know, there's about, it's like any other thing. There's 1% that you hear about that are making the millions. And it's still just a regular kind of job that you just, you can make some money, but it's, you know, there's so a whole like other, any, whole other realm. It's story. just like, yep, yeah, exactly. Right. And then really the final straw uh, that really took us down to zero there before 2018 was a real estate flip that John had spent, you know, a year getting involved in you know, finding the right property and, 
and getting everything lined up. And this should have been a home run. I mean, we bought a distressed property, we rehabbed it, and we should have been able to make a lot of money on it. And a series of circumstances, uh, very unfortunate circumstances, caused it to be much more of a flop than a flip. Oh. And so we really ended up there, you know, and so we moved out of state again. Um, and that's kind of what landed us where we were. And it's not something that either one of us is proud of, you know, 20 years into a marriage, you think, okay, you should have a nice pile of cash built up. And we didn't. And, you know, you got to admit what's real. <laughs> and then from there, so you build this, this company, Inspire My Money. Now let's get into this real quick. There was something that I needed to learn from you. I like to be educated sometimes. Um, and the audience knows that I always send over a certain amount of questions uh, just to give you a filler for or feel for what the episode, the episode will be like. And I don't really ask all the questions. Sometimes I'll throw them in there around, but I need to know what is intentional living and, and how is it and why is it important? Yeah, intentional living is um, kind of what we fell out of. You know, I think the majority of Americans kind of like your story where we just kind of go through life and, you know, 22 years down the line or 30 years down the line, you're just kind of stuck to where you're at. You've been through the routine of life and you kind of just go along. Like you said, you get married, you buy a house, you, you know, go to work. And, and what happens after that? Where else is there? What are you doing that is creating your life or are you following this American path? Which is not a bad path that you know there, there are definitely benefits and pros to that but the intentional living is deciding and breaking away from that routine of life um, and so that is what i pin as intentional a quick little two, two second story here is we saw a lady you know this lady who all her life she was in her 50s late 50s all her life wanted to live next to the ocean. She thought when she retired, she would live to the ocean. So she was not ready to retire. She still had to work. She didn't have a lot of money. And she just got to a point where she's like, what, what is going on here? Let me just move. I'm just going to move and see if I can find a job there. She moved to the ocean, <laughs> bought a house and got a job that paid her almost double what she was making previously. And she's like, why didn't I do this 20 years ago? I've always wanted to live next to the ocean. And so it's that intentional, like, this is what I want to do. But we, as Americans say, well, we can't, we're stuck right here where we're at. And intentional is deciding, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I'll either figure it out or I'll make something else work. Okay. And I appreciate that. Cause I, cause like I get stuck in that mindset sometimes of I got to do this, this and that. Um, to get to where I want to go and I actually don't ever get to where I want to go. And, <laughs> you know, and, and you just broke it down for me. And I'm like, man, that's kind of powerful. I'm going to start. Yeah. I want to, I'm, I close the door on opportunities with my own thoughts, basically. So I'll definitely, Absolutely. I'll at, yeah, I'll definitely uh, keep that in my perspective from now on intentional living. Now you offer all kinds of courses and different things to help people out. Would you all uh, just take a moment and explain if you go over to your website, which is? InspireMyMoney.com. Um, once you head over there, because I want to head over there, which y'all don't see is I keep a little iPad to the side of me. And yes, it is up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I keep it suspended so that we can go look at things. So I want to head over to the website. I don't know if you guys can or not. But uh, can y'all? could you all walk us through what we're going to find on that website? Yeah, it's really designed to kind of walk you through how most people think about money. Most people think that they're kind of stuck in the situation that they have. You know, they might think that, oh, I have to make a lot more money in order to achieve this dream that I want. Um, we're kind of taught this really in through society, right? That you have to make more money. And it really just breaks down and says, you know what? These are mistruths that we have been fed. And the reality is that the vast majority of Americans have more money coming in than they realize. And I say that because they don't realize what they're spending it on. 
And when we start digging into that, like, where are you really spending your money? Are you being intentional? Once again, that word, are you being intentional with how you spend your money? Or can you be much more intentional and actually go after that dream? So <laughs> throughout John and my story here, you know, the seven months that we were preparing to leave, well, we were still living, right? Like we didn't stop eating. We didn't stop, you know, going to work or anything. You know, we were living our life still, but we were just being very, very intentional with our financial decisions. And that's really what we see, you know, on that website there is you're going to see that it's all about looking at your money, different ways to look at it and realizing that there are some mistruths that you have been fed about money that we're here to correct. <laughs> and one other thing you see on here, you see two amazing people smiling. They look happy. Um, John's looking over into the distance and you're looking over to the opposite distance, the shadows and everything. Everything's perfect in this picture. And there's, there's a phrase, I'm ready for clarity right underneath you guys. <laughs> and you scroll down the page and you uh, have different things here that they can find out. Um, so once again, you guys can go over to um, www.inspiremymoney.com, set up a consultation with them. And when they set this consultation up with you guys uh, to get started on things, you, you have to get a roundabout picture of someone. So uh, if you could take us into that process without telling us about all the process, because the thing is we want people to definitely come to you and, 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 and get right. in your realm and, and get this going. Um, so, is it usually, how long does it take to get into, into, get someone into your world and then you get into their world? How long does that usually take? Right, so we offer like a 20 minute session for mm -hmm. absolutely no charge to where we kind of just, we do that, Jair. we um, just kind of get to know the person, uh, the couple as a whole, like what is it that you're looking for? What is it, you know, where are you at now? Where is it that you want to be? And kind of just addressing that and you know making sure that our program will be a good fit for them because reality is is it's not a perfect fit for everyone and we want to make sure that when we're offering our product that it's really going to do for you the client what we say it's going to do and so it's 20 minutes we get to know you a little bit give some feedback give some suggestions and say hey you know if you want to know more about this uh, course that we have these courses that you know we'll schedule another time and really dig into that okay and also y'all have an application on there also that they can fill out correct yes. and that and that's another way to help you out there so now we're going to go into the creative side because um i want y'all to know something when you come and do these podcasts there's four or five things that happen people are going to come to you right then there's going to be people that are hesitant then there's going to be people that come that are going to come to you and they're going to embrace your story and you're going to change their lives. Then there's this fourth person. This fourth person is the person that I like. They're going to come to you and they're going to, they're going to learn from you guys, but they're going to go a little deeper. You're going to inspire them. And then they're going to aspire to be the next John and Karen. With that much going on there you become an influencer you're already an influencer your children and everybody around you i mean people are will be amazed by this story so how do you like when you get to the point where you've helped someone along their way how do you get to the point where you either let them go or continue the relationship with them like how do you gauge that how do you handle that <laughs> uh it's it's pretty amazing when that happens because it is the that is the final um triumph really is and so we haven't done it yet but our goal is to have one of those family conferences to have that where everybody who has been transformed where they get to go to bali and we all meet because that life transformation or we could do it closer you know just whatever works we might do it in virginia Okay. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all the trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. 
You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. And all recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And this week, one of the better things that they are offering is a balsamic fig chicken. Uh, Seems like it would taste really good. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh and the number one meal kit. <laughs> That'll be fun. But, if y'all decide to come, but listen, if you do, if you do come, I want y'all to move to Virginia Beach for six months or something. Somewhere where you can travel right, the whole right. Atlantic coast. <laughs> exactly. Now, guys, there's so, a portion. Go ahead. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of it is it is life changing. And it's not about traveling the world. It's about, you know, feeling good about where you get to go to with your own money. What, what transforms with your own family, with your own life? Okay. So yeah, we are always, always really looking for that transition into where, you know what, yes, we do have a connection. We have spent time talking to you. We've spent time getting to know you. You obviously know us through our course. I mean, we are very, very personal and open and honest and real in our course. You know, we share the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, that's who we are. And we're going to put it out there because that's reality. And so, you know, people obviously get to know us and we get to know them. And that's really our, our goal really is to get to where these people become friends, that they're not clients anymore, that they really are friends. And we transition into that relationship where, you know, we just chat because we like each other now, not because they're paying us for our course or for our expertise. Money, money is very personal, very emotional. And so once you, you know, can, can give people information that changes their lives for the better. It's, it's pretty powerful on both sides. Okay. Now guys, there comes a segment here in this show. I pay homage to the greatest news magazine that was ever produced on TV on Friday nights. There was a show called 2020 and you had Barbara Walters, Diane Sawyer and John Stossel. John Stossel was the funny, funny portion of the show. And if he ever did anything serious, I really never even paid attention. Diane Sawyer would ask a certain amount of questions that kept you watching the show. But there was a certain period of time, and we're all from the same age group. At 1040 at night, I don't care how old I was. I was five, six years old with my grandma, my mom, I mean, at home or wherever. At 1040, you knew Barbara Walters was coming on. And Barbara Walters would either send me to bed at 11 where I would get to stay up till like 11.02 because she'd run over sometimes. And they let her because she's Barbara <laughs> Walters. Um, but her questions challenged me the next morning. Not, and this is even at six or seven years old because I was one of those guys that read the newspaper and drunk coffee at five. So um, with that being said, it's time to get to the tough questions. We did some nice ones where they were all nice and stuff. And I prepared you with a certain amount of uh, questions. Now, here we go. You guys have already talked about what happened, uh, and I don't consider anything a failure because it becomes a success at some point. Um, a little bit of a downtime, we'll call it. So you work through the downtime. Sure. You guys traveled the world. You're still traveling the world. And you, you develop Inspire My Money, your financial alignment coaches, which you explained to me, and I greatly appreciate you guys doing that. Um. We haven't dealt, we haven't jumped into every different little thing like cryptocurrency and all that other stuff. But today, how did you save money? Today, how do we save money? Today, how did you guys Our, save money? From previous or right now today? Right now, today, how did you save money? Well, we we do exactly what we preach and we make sure our expenses are lower than what we're bringing in. And it is, you know, it gets to the basics. It gets to finance 101. Um, but that's really the bottom line. And when you, when you go through what we went through and you get out of the American bubble, you, you just truly value uh, money. You value that dollar. And when you start to hoard it, <laughs> in a sense, and you start to take care of it as, um, as, your, as we should all along, you start to be intentional yeah. with how it's, you're spending it. It is really 
a much simpler way. You know, we don't we don't go by a strict budget. We don't budget ourselves. We don't teach budgeting. We teach a holistic approach on what we're going to do with our money. And it becomes pretty simple. And once you have that mentality down, um, savings is really no longer difficult. It's not a difficult thing. It's kind of just a natural process. It's kind of a byproduct of how we live. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And just yeah. to just to uh, just to add to that, uh, one of the things, the benefits that we have of being travelers is that we don't accumulate stuff. I mean, we have a set amount of luggage and we're actually trying to go smaller with our luggage. Uh, we end up with, you know, a bag each and, and we have a couple of wheel suitcases and um, a little carry on backpack, but we're trying to get smaller and smaller. So we don't accumulate stuff. And so it's actually a lot easier than mindset. It just, you know, you see something, I mean, we were totally guilty of it at Target, you know, you see something, oh, that's Walmart. cool, let's get this. Go to Walmart. Oh, sorry, Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I shop at Target too, and, Ma and Meyer. Yeah. Meyer. <laughs> Meyer. <laughs> yeah. And right. Amazon, uh, yes. you know, it's so easy, right? And when you get out of that, when you realize that, okay, this is a set amount of um, stuff we want to accumulate. Yeah, then we, we just don't. And so every purchase actually for us, because we are travelers, we are very, very intentional about, you know, do I really want to purchase this? You know, am I going to carry it on to the next place that I move to? Um, am I going to use it enough to make it valuable if I'm not going to carry it on? And where is it going to fit if I do carry it on? <laughs> okay. Now, here's my next question. And that was the little Diane Sawyer right there. That just got us in the mix. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about me real quick. And I'm going to get y'all to work on me. All right. I have this issue. Me and my lovely girlfriend, Stacy, we travel the U.S. I am, I am out of my house equivalency of 10 months out of the year. Probably shouldn't even have one. I'm home for two months. And that's November, December. And I don't know why, but I just, when I'm home. Uh, when I'm on the go, obviously I don't have to pay for y'all. We're talking right now. I'm in a hotel room. Um, I don't have to pay for cable, but I keep these streaming apps, right? But at home, even though she's hardly there, there's cable running. There's cable streaming apps. And when I get home, right? I don't, I don't pay attention to the cost or anything. One's $7.99, uh, one's $15.99. And then we'll just say cable's $100. I'm getting the same show three right. times. That's what you guys are explaining that I don't need to do, correct? That's correct. And that's your choice and your decision. It's not really us telling you. It's having you look at your own finances correctly in, in your own way so that you make the decision of what's best for your money, for your valuable money. How do you determine where it goes, what you should be spending it on. It's right. not, yeah. Because Jerry, you said it right there. You don't even think about that money, right? You probably don't even realize that it's going every single month. You have it set on automatic. I mean, we were guilty of the same thing. So <laughs> I'm not preaching here at all. I am saying, you know what, there is a different way to do it. And so, so many people set this stuff up as automatic payments and they don't even see where it's going. And so our teaching is really to take a look at where those dollars are going and actually make that decision. Do I want to be spending a hundred dollars a month, for instance, on cable? Is it really worth it to me? And you make that decision for you, but our course is designed to make you aware and to make that in intentional decision that yes, I'm choosing to spend this or no, I'm choosing not to spend this. Okay. Cause the thing is with me is like, it's on autopilot. And since y'all said that I keep these little tiny notebooks, I keep quite a few of them. So I was just here jotting down. Cause y'all got me thinking about something. I'm like, we pay for one service, but we actually get a service from our cell phone provider. That's a streaming app. That's one of the, it's probably the second popular one underneath Netflix without saying who it is. So I'm going to, when we're done here, like y'all, you just because you guys talked to me and we were talking about what's going on, I'm going to cut the other two. I mean, the cable, I'm going to keep the Wi-Fi because when I am home, I do need internet, but I don't need the channels that go with it because I have everything the next day with whatever service that I've paid, that the cell phone company gives me for free. 
So I can cut that and Netflix and I'll be all right. I'm going to really go do that because, and I want to thank you guys. I'm going to really go do that because it makes sense. I don't watch that much TV. I make, I do podcasts when I'm on the go and I do podcasts (laughs) when I'm home. So when do I really take time to watch anything? All right. Now it's time for the Robert Walters question. Um, And this is really deep. So these are one of those things where I always say uh, about the past, right? The past is a ponytail. It's behind you. Okay. You take certain agents from the past and you look at these agents and you're like, Hey, this happened and this happened. I can do better. I can encourage my life not to do these things again. Okay. Now you guys are on a different path right now. You're living abroad, having fun. At any moment, has one of these old agents come back? No, I think um, once we've transitioned from the old habits, um, you realize it's pretty easy to slip back into them. Uh, and so the, you know, those thoughts, they do creep in, but we realize that we are at an incredible place in our life even you know and it's it's very different to it's very noticeable it's very in your face if something comes up like wait what i think you're speaking of is just kind of those old habits of just being through the routine and you know going through the normal american life style um so they do creep in we always have to have peanut butter for example (laughs) but But it's think, a little thing, but it's so important. You know, I think what you're talking about, JR, is are there any regrets? Has there been anything that says, oh, pulled us back to what our old lifestyle yes. was? And, you know, when you step into this new lifestyle, which is our own creation, which is our own um, oatmeal discussions, like you said, of what do we truly want? Well, could you ever slip backwards? Because it's it just doesn't make sense anymore. It's just it's out of context, you know. It's so, so it's strange. It is, it is, because you're like, well, why would you ever go back to that? Because this is the life that we have dreamed about and created. Why would you ever go back? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Okay. Now here's the hard question. And this question here, it's from our English language. Um, I forgot who said it. It was something we learned in psychology in one of those classes. But I remember this one thing um, that was taught to me in fourth grade economics class in Virginia, not West Virginia, but in Virginia, little town of Lynchburg. Um, This lady named Miss Dawkins, God rest her soul. She taught me how to balance a checkbook. She taught us simple finance. That was something you had to learn to get out of the fourth grade. You had to know how to manage money because you know, no human trafficking. That's not what I'm saying, but you had to know how to do things (laughs) back in that time. And that is solely a joke. Anything that goes on with that type of stuff, I wish it wouldn't happen. But you had to learn how to balance a book, a checkbook. But the one thing that we were taught incorrectly were these two terminologies financial stability, okay, financial sustainability. I need you to to debunk this for us right now because there is a difference. Oh, Barbara Walters is on it. (laughs) Sustainability and stability. So financial stability yeah so sustainability financial sustainability is where we thought we were you know we happened to lose it four four times between us um sustainability is the ability to continue to make money and luckily we had uh, the background to continue to do that which is which is good it's kind of what all of us grow up with you know get a good education and you'll have that financial opportunity to give you that sustainability of of money coming in. And so the financial stability is where you are in control of that money coming in. And so the stability comes, you know, 
life happens, whether it's your fault or not in our situation. Um, I felt like we were doing things right. I don't think we can put, you know, one incident, oh, this was the problem that happened. It's a multitude of different things, but the, st the sustainability was we can always go out and create money or you can always go back to the States and get a job. Uh, that's sustainability with your education. The stability comes with how you handle it. Okay. And with that one, I greatly appreciate that because um, I know that that wasn't something I asked y'all in the questions, but it was something that was brought to me because I explained to one of my colleagues, Trevor, that I was talking to y'all. And he said, you know, in this day and age, he's the guy that makes like six figures and he didn't know, he doesn't know the difference. And we, you know, the way that we were taught about either right. one of those financial sustainability was supposed to, is supposed to be all that without sustainability. You know what I mean? And I think you guys for definitely breaking that down. Now we go over to this next part of the segment and this is the last part of Barbara Walters. Um, you guys are happy in what you're doing right now. Correct. Correct. Okay. And with, with this happiness, how do you keep this happy? <laughs> the question? No, 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 no. That's not the question. That that leads into the next one because Barbara Walters is all happy before she does. Uh, before she does the the, the main question. Um, so inside this happiness, how do y'all keep out the negativity? Like inside your bubble, because you know you're over there, and sometimes you, like you said earlier, and we're not going to go uh, dab back into the past because the ponytail, but sometimes. There might be more that one of you want to do. And I understand that you have this great transparency uh, where you can talk through anything, but sometimes there's things that we just want to do that we just don't want to share. How do you guys keep that happiness inside of your home while traveling abroad, while managing your finances overseas? How do y'all keep that happiness? For me, it's really about the communication. And, you know, I don't mean to downplay that at all, that answer. It is the ability to talk and say, you know what, this is what, you know, I want to, this is how I feel. And to have that really, that deep connection, um, really, we joke that one of the, the problems that we have, you know, communicating, we can do that all the time. We're with each other 24 seven. But the one thing, you know, we have is we have two children. And so sometimes it's hard to have that discussion without <laughs> ears listening um, but it really does dive into that to where <laughs> you know when something comes up it's just like you know what we drop it we drop what we're doing and we say we need to fix this we need to have that happiness back so that we are fully living this life of our choice and we're not allowing that negativity in and you know there's life through mexico right now and we're struggling with internet and it's to the point where like we each want to we both want to pull our hair out because it's like <laughs> you know we need to upload a video and the wi-fi is so terrible that you can't do that so it's like hey, yeah, we're frustrated and we're going to move forward and we're going to do what we can to move forward and then we're going to say okay this is what we this is what we can do it really is focused on maintaining that positivity, on having a positive environment around us and addressing that, yes, there are negatives and you just roll with it. Yeah. Okay. I okay. think, you know, from, from my perspective, it is, um, it is the communication. It is part of it, a big part of it. Um, and I would say, honestly, it, it is the biggest part. I would, I'm not going to downplay it either. And so when you're, when you're discussing about, you know, how do you maintain that? The transition for us came through that communication through our early struggle, you know, that we, when we started all this. <clears throat> and so once you develop that new type of communication with each other, with your married spouse, um, you know, we all envision this married life to be perfect. And so how do you get there? How do you get closer to that? How do you get to that ideal married relationship? And the only way I see it happening is through more and more of that heartfelt, open communication. Um, because if you hide something or if you want something different, it should be open and on the table with each other. Because that's where 
it comes out. That's where you have to share it. You have to discuss it. You have to have um, both of you agree on the, the end goal. And so if it doesn't fit that end goal, then it's open for discussion. Okay. Y'all are well-rounded and I appreciate that. Now guys, um, there comes to a point in the show where we do this thing called the shameless plug. I need you right now, if you don't mind, to plug every and anywhere that people can find you. Because, you know, you got some people that will go to Facebook. You got some people that will go to your website. And you, everybody should go to your website. But you got some people that have certain areas that they stay on the internet. And for them to go to a website sometimes is a little bit out of their arena. <laughs> right. So are you guys like, well, I think the first obvious place is the internet. Um, right. And so it, we do have a Facebook group, but uh, we have um, inspiremymoney.com, obviously. And then we have uh, Facebook, which is inspire my money group. Uh, we have Instagram, inspire my money on Instagram. It's pretty simple to find us. Uh, those are our three main places. They'll all redirect you to the website. Uh, and so, or directly to us. Or directly so, to us. We're definitely on there. Um, <laughs> Karen Yates, John Yates. Um, yeah. Okay. And I greatly appreciate you doing that because 